really organically, really like spontaneously. It's not just going in there and making a noise, folks. <laughs> the Classic Rock Files with Kelly Parker and Mike Young. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kelly. Breaking news today. Singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, studio musician, session guy, Charlie Daniels, who actually played bass and guitar on Dylan's 1969 Nashville Skyline LP, has passed away suddenly of a stroke today at 83. Yeah, not only did he work with Bob Dylan, worked with people like Leonard Cohen, like Ringo Starr. He had his all-star celebrations where artists like Billy Joel and James Brown worked alongside Charlie Daniels. But of course, his biggest claim to fame was the hit single that kind of crossed genres and borders in The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Because he was looking for a soul to steal. Yeah, two weeks at number three on Billboard's Hot 100. One of the things I always liked about Charlie Daniels, big hat, maybe even larger belt buckle. Yeah, he seemed like the 10-gallon hat was perfectly suited to his head. And if you looked up 10-gallon hat in the dictionary, you'd see Charlie Daniels' picture there. Absolutely, right under the hat. He actually had had some health problems over the last few years, but he was a fighter. He underwent surgery for prostate cancer in 01. Mild stroke 2010 while snowmobiling. 2013, pneumonia, so he had a pacemaker installed. But he did continue to tour and record right up until his death. As a matter of fact, last year he played a string of headlining shows with Travis Tritt and uh, Cadillac 3, released his final album, Bo Weevil's Songs in the Key of E, in 2018, and had said in his uh, biography that uh, he is going to keep doing it as long as he could because he still had a ton of ideas. So he passed suddenly today at 83. Speaking of which, Ennio Morricone, who doesn't come up very often here on the Classic Rock Files. This is the Oscar-winning Italian composer. You know what? As a matter of fact, before I even say any of that, this is all you need to know about Ennio Morricone. Enough said. He did that. Yeah, he did. And that was, of course, a part of the what Hollywood referred to as the Spaghetti Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he teamed up with his childhood classmate, Sergio Leone, he put together the score for these Clint Eastwood Westerns in the 1960s that included A Fistful of Dollars, For a Few Dollars More, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and then um, Once Upon a Time in the West, which actually still to this day one of the best-selling scores of all time. Mm-hmm. Over 10 million units sold of a movie score, which is incredible. Yeah, and he continued to work with Sergio Leone right through one of my favorite movies, an underrated movie, Once Upon a Time in America, gangster flick. Really good. Quentin Tarantino used a bunch of his music in the Kill Bill films, Django Unchained and Glorious Bastards. Finally actually hired him for the Hateful Eight soundtrack, and he actually won an Oscar for that soundtrack. And he was also very highly acclaimed for his work on Brian De Palma's The Untouchables. Uh, That's one of his great soundtracks of all time. Why are we talking about this here on a rock podcast, though? That's really my question. Well, before I get to that reason, I also wanted to highlight uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is very rare for John Carpenter not to score his own movie, but when you have the chance to work with Ennio Morricone, you say, I'll take a back seat to this. Now, this is the one that starred Kurt Russell? That's right. Good film. Liked it. Excellent film. Now, I uh, ask again. Why would we be talking about this on a classic rock podcast? Well, since 1983, which is longer than I've been alive, uh, mm-hmm. Metallica has used the ecstasy of gold to walk out on the stage. You, If you've seen Metallica live, you know this song. Mm-hmm. 
You know what? Just as I listen to that, a fantastic soundtrack. Sometimes people uh, use soundtracks and uh, classical music as the background to their sexy times. I feel like that wouldn't be the right tone you'd be setting. No, certainly not for like <laughs> the early goings. Maybe mid-coitus is when you could <laughs> bring, bring that one in. Like the, on the playlist, just working. Yeah. Well, you'd have to yeah. time it all correctly. That's you don't right. want to mistime all that. Metallica uh, actually re-recorded that song for a special tribute album that they did for Ennio Marconi along with a whole bunch of other artists. So, of course, they said, we'll take the ecstasy of gold. That's ours. Sure. Hashtag mid-coitus. He is gone now. After falling in his home in Italy last week, he broke his femur and something happened. He got infected, something like that. So he is gone. Good long life, though. He's in his 90s. 91. Incredible. Wow. Okay, Slash and Guns N' Roses, busy making new music during the pandemic, as many other bands are, kind of remotely. Now, we've been hearing from Slash for well over a year that, oh yeah, the guys are kind of come up with new stuff, and then, of course, he backs away from it a couple of days later. Of course, they had a bunch of dates set up, and they've had to postpone those. But uh, Slash told Sweetwater that he's been busy recording new G&R music during the band's time off the road. Yeah, I've been pretty much a homebody, but I've been back and forth between my studio and the house, and doing doing a lot of writing and recording on my own. And I've been jamming with Duff, and I've been jamming with Axel, and I've been doing stuff like that. So we've been getting some work done that way. But I haven't been doing much else. And I haven't been doing any collaborations with the odd artists and, and whatnot. Um, basically just focusing on writing new music, Ooh. recording demos and recording guitar stuff for, for guns and whatnot. So probably significant in there that he's not doing anything else with anybody else. It sounds like there's actually some focus involved here. What do you think? What's our over-under on a new Guns N' Roses song before 2020 is over? Before the end of the year? Yeah, do we get one song? I wouldn't put any money at all on that. Eddie money. You wouldn't put any money on I it. I wouldn't put any money or even any amount of money on that. I'm going to hold out hope because if 2020 has to give back to us at some point. There, no, it's not. It, it's to, not, it no. can't just chew on us this whole time <laughs> and then just spit us out at the end. It is not going to give anything back to us. And I don't see Axel for one allowing, I mean, it, depending on the technology that they use, I guess they could email files back and forth that are studio quality but it just sounds to me like that's not an axel thing he's got to be there in the room while they do the final product i wouldn't suggest the sentence that i've been jamming with axel from slash would be an axel thing years ago this is a new axel he's changed he's been former frontman of acdc i would still say no first six months of 2021 maybe i'm gonna hold out hope because okay. what else do i have at well, this point you know what because the glass is always half full with you mr sunshine you know how big a fan of Pink Floyd that I am, and I've said before, David Gilmore, my favorite guitar player. So you say that, but then your actions off the mic to me indicate <laughs> that that is not the case. Well, I'm going to put it on mic right now. Okay, as long as we have some definitive evidence here. David Gilmore released a new song called Yes, I Have Ghosts last week. His first new music since 2015's very well-reviewed Rattle That Lock, which, as I recall, had guitar solos in it. He's released this. We've got a bit of it for you here. But first, it's a family project. Polly Sampson, his wife, provides the lyrics. Their daughter, Romany, contributes vocals and harp. The thing about this is, and I get that he's working with his wife, I appreciate that, but I just I don't like this direction that David Gilmore is going into. He just seems to be getting more acoustic and more quiet, and it's not my thing. It's not the rock David Gilmore. There's a reason for this, as I mentioned. Polly Sampson's lyrics are based on her most recent book, which is called A Theater for Dreamers. It takes place in 1960 at a bohemian community of artists on the Greek island of Hydra. One of the artists in the book, at least in character form, Leonard Cohen. That's why this is very Leonard Cohen-y, but still, eh, have a listen. The spider moves down, we were joined 
In and of itself, play me that and then have maybe orchestration swell in the background and then David just wail on a searing, almost feedbacking guitar solo. I'm 100% in. That on its own, that's the whole song, doesn't get me, man. I'm 1,000% in. I love it. I've listened to it multiple times. Uh, his daughter, outstanding in her backing vocals. And it always gets me in the heart when a father and daughter can sing together. That's so nice. And she wasn't actually planned to be on this. He was going to get professional backup singers. Then the pandemic hit, and he was like, what do I do now? Turns out, well, my daughter can sing. Maybe I'll just work with her on this. I think it turned out great. And I love, love the laid back acoustic guitar playing because his voice is still so good yeah. uh, you know it still harkens back to the heyday of pink floyd in terms mm -hmm. of his vocal quality so i've always found that even though he is an amazing guitar player and can do these great solos and play the, these amazing guitar parts i have always found that gilmore himself is far more suited to that low-key lo-fi laid-back style i would much prefer all of his stuff be like that uh, it's not that i mind the low-key i just maybe i'm just a hankering for a guitar solo that's my favorite part of his work he's got a great voice and there's nothing wrong with that it's the same reason i had a problem with roger waters last solo album is this the life we really want i think there's one guitar solo on it i think what i like is a pink floyd-esque guitar solo i think that's really what i like well you've got i mean plenty of those are out there for you to enjoy no. Just sometimes it doesn't suit a song to have a guitar solo. We can't shred on this. We can't stop down and shred. <laughs> <laughs> Were I the producer of that, and by the way, he did it at home because of the pandemic, if David played me that over the phone, I would have said, you know what, it sounds great there. Work up some orchestration on the old garage band, maybe over in the studio, the Astoria houseboat, and uh, lay down a guitar solo maybe for the fans. This song is as good as anything he's produced solo over his long career. Wow, that is saying a I lot. really, really like the song, and... Uh, just really does it for me. So check out the full version. Yes, I have ghosts and obviously not part of an upcoming album in terms of full solo material, but something certainly nice to hear after five or six years since Rattle That Lock. That is the classic Rock Files, 94.3 The Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.